Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Fertile, Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Thank you, Thanks, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 21 through 27. But before we break open the bread of life, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in our hearts to see what the Lord wants to teach us today? Absolutely. We begin in the name of the Father, Father the Son, Son of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, to begin our time together, we're, of course, mindful of all those suffering uh, through the, the hurricane. Ask for the prayers and blessings for all those uh, in Houston, all those affected by, uh, by the weather, that your grace and mercy would guide them and guide those who are assisting those in need. As we turn our time together, we ask for your inspiration as we break open your word to be open to the message you have for us, to be open to your inspiration, to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as we seek each day to follow you, to pick up our cross, and to follow where you would lead wholeheartedly, open, welcome, enthusiastically. We ask for your grace in all that we do through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love? Sure. Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 27. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his lip service. No, nope. his conduct. You know, too many times we say, oh, we're Christians. Oh, we know Jesus. Oh, we go to church. Oh, we this. Oh, we that. You know what? It's all about our response to the invitation to love fully, freely, as God loves us, to be that reflection of Jesus Christ in the world today. You know, I love it. You know, we talk about Jesus and he's the word of God, you know, the Bible, sacred scripture. That is the word, but the word became flesh, just as Jesus is the word became flesh. Each and every one of us, as we break open the bread of life, the word of God, we're called to enflesh that word and then take it into the world, the great commission to take the good news, the gospel 
gospel message into the world and live it by exemplifying the love that God has for each and every one of us, that love that is mercy, that love that is compassion, that love that is not judgmental. This is the whole meaning of what we're seeing here, you know, and that's all about deny yourself. It tells you right here, take up your cross, whatever that cross is in your life, and follow the Lord Jesus where he wants to lead you. If you're driving the car, you're in the wrong position. Jesus isn't the co-pilot. He's the pilot. And if you're the co- if he's the co-pilot, <laughs> you need to move. You know, David, I never thought I would invoke uh, uh, meatloaf uh, in our in our in our <laughs> time together, but not, not meatloaf to food, but meatloaf the musician. Two out of three ain't bad comes to mind because, <laughs> as you mentioned, deny himself. You know, look at the words of Christ: whoever wishes to come after me, and he says three things. You know, a or one, deny himself; two, take up his cross; and three, follow me. And uh, two out of three ain't bad because I don't know about you, but I I struggle with number one sometimes just gloss right over at and go to number two and three. You know, I'll pick up my cross and I'll follow and I'll evangelize and I'll share my faith and I'll get beat up for my Christian beliefs and I'll, you know, I'll take it for the Lord, all those types of things. But that's not what he asked first. The first thing he says is deny himself, you know, and I don't want to do that. I want to hold on to my other thoughts and ideas and dreams and plans while I'm being a crusader for Christ and while I'm living the Christian life and doing all the good work. But deny himself, that's a very personal, a very deep um, directive. Um, it's not about what I do on the outside. It's what I'm doing on the inside. Am I surrendering? Am I am I take, getting out of the driver's seat and, and serving as the, uh, you know, getting in the passenger seat? Um, that's a tough one. So two out of three ain't bad, but it's not enough. And our Lord mm-hmm. makes it clear, it's all three. It's all the above. And elsewhere in Scripture where Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, he again says it again, you must first and foremost, again, in order, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. But in that version, Mm. has another word after that, is daily. And my boy Peter, he certainly sees that because a couple weeks ago, he was the Lord's hero. God had revealed this truth to him that Jesus was the Christ and, you know, the son of the the living God. And it's like, whoa, Peter, I'm going to build my my church on you. You're the rock. This is awesome. So Peter was feeling pretty good about himself. Well, a couple couple weeks later, we're now looking at this, and Jesus is saying, hey, get behind me, Satan, because the day you think that Satan can't use you as his tool to hurt another, to inflict a wound, to not be Christ, but actually represent Satan in your judgmental facial expressions, your judgmental condemnation in your heart, I'm telling you, you know, the scripture reading today at Mass was about the hypocrites, you know, the hypocrisy. It's when, you know, you put on the, the, the guys like an actor, which is where the hypocrisy comes from. It's what they used to call actors. The hypocrisy, when you put on that guise of, oh, I'm a Christian. Look at me. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I go to Mass every day. Aren't I holy? And then what do you do? You look down on all the other people and you look at their sins and their sinners in them without looking in the mirror first because you are a sinner. We are all sinners without the grace of God. As Jesus says elsewhere in the scriptures, you know, for man, salvation is impossible. Impossible. You can't do enough works. You can't go to mass enough. You can't do anything to earn heaven. It's only through the grace of God. And with God, all things are possible. So for me, you know what? It's all about humility. 
humility, putting God first, following him where he wants to lead me, where he wants to take me. And what Peter does here, you know, you think it's a noble act. You know, Lord, I'm going to I'm gonna say, you know, hey, whoa, 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 stop. No, that's not, shouldn't happen to you. When we try and figure out God's plan and we think we know what God's doing, stop it. Because Jesus says it right here, yo, you are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. When we live a life of surrender, that surrender in trusting God with everything is the abundant life. It's a life of freedom. You know, it doesn't mean we don't need to be doing our part. We do, because love is an active call of our hearts to respond to the the bridegroom, that invitation. When you were talking about, about our boy Peter uh, and you know, what, what a difference a week makes, but in, in, in real yeah. time here, it was by minutes, right? Probably minutes, uh, yeah. Right. You know, it, uh, you it's know, just art- a passage right before yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, immediately before this, it's so it's probably at the same time, you know, there's. Yeah. So I think we need to look at this. Yeah. That's why Peter's just such a, a great, a great one for us to look at because he had his, he had his ups and downs, um, but he kept going. He kept going. He just kept going. He kept, you know, staying close to the Lord, uh, even in the in the in the worst moment of his of his denial, three time denial. But he still went back. He's the first to you know jump out of the boat. First to you know see Jesus on the shore. So for us, you know, we're going to be you know we're we're works in progress. So uh, you know, let's ask Peter to to intercede for us to help us on our journey. But I'm I'm looking at the word suffer and I'm looking at Satan and I'm thinking of the scene in the Passion of the Christ. When Satan thought that he had the victory, right? And he's like, you know, when Jesus is going through his passion, he thought he won, right? He thought he won. He didn't realize that through Christ's suffering, he's going to save the world. So Jesus, you know, Peter doesn't want Jesus to suffer. But so he, he, you know, and then Jesus equates that thinking of, you know, not understanding the true value of suffering with with Satan because he knew, Jesus knew that Satan was going to think that he won mm-hmm. when when that suffering took place. So for us, when not if but when suffering comes in our lives or in our kids or our spouses or you know people we love, when suffering comes, which it will, it has for most of us, I'm sure, and it's going to continue to come. Let's not fall into that that kind of thinking that like, why me? You know, it says why not me? You know, it, why why should we be spared suffering when our Lord wasn't spared? That suffering is the key to our salvation and and if we leverage that um, it can be the key to so many others they, they, when suffering comes right. we offer it up we unite it with Christ's suffering on the cross and we do it without complaining now, that was the whole message of Fatima right? right are you willing to offer up your sacrifices and your sufferings for the salvation of souls are you willing to, to these kids sacrifices and sufferings for the salvation of souls so every day we're going to be able to sacrifice which we choose and when the suffering comes, which we don't choose, have that thinking, that correct thinking, that we offer it up for the salvation of souls, and then it's it's a it's a it's a lifelong ministry. And if you bring that word suffering to this statement, this thing that Jesus says here, it says, "For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it." So if you if you wish to prevent the suffering in your life, you're basically going to lose it. And you think about this. It says whoever he says whoever wishes to save his life. So it's this kind of like gathering up and holding it. You know that I can withhold myself. I cannot give. I cannot sacrifice. I cannot suffer for the good of other people. But whoever loses his life for my sake, and that's re- that really to me that really hit me because for my sake means that that I demonstrate 
what he demonstrated in his life. And you're talking, David, about living the word, living the gospel, being Christ for other people. Well, that doesn't mean we go out and, you know, we pat everybody on the back and we're real positive. Not that we shouldn't be positive and upbeat with people, but but it means that we're willing to put ourselves out there for people, that we're willing to suffer, that we're willing to lose our life for his sake, not for our sake. To your point, Tom, about not denying myself, I need to give myself up completely. I'm doing this so that you will be better seen in the world by people who see me struggling, suffering, working. And, you know, the earlier week in this week when we were talking about the gospel, um, of course, the flood came up and a lot of guys were talking about flood experiences that they had as rescue, um, you know, as, as emergency service people and about the sacrifices that they made and how willingly they made them. How, you know, one of the guys was talking about a young kid who came along with him when they were rescuing people in flooded cars. And he said he was so inspired that he's now um, a, a, a fire chief. Um, that he he loved it so much. He loved giving himself for other people. He loved being out there, and so there's something there's something special about that. But it's but it's one of those things that's counter to the way we think. And I think that's why Jesus says, you know, you're thinking not as God does, but as humans do, because it's our natural instinct to kind of take care of ourselves, preserve ourselves, not put ourselves out there for other people, not want to get hurt, and really not want other people to get hurt. So in in a way, you're really hurting, you know, Peter's hurting Jesus by saying, don't do this, you know, trying to convince him that that's never going to happen to you. We're, we'll make sure it doesn't happen to you, you know, but but in fact, you're taking away the opportunity to be like God, like the Father, totally self-giving to the Son and the Spirit that goes out from them, proceeds from them to us and inspires us to be like them. But that whole thing comes together when you look at what he says here, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But if you spend it, if you lose it for my sake, then you'll gain it. Then you'll have it. And, you know, this is so difficult because Jesus here says to Peter, you are an obstacle to me. And I just stopped for a moment and said, Lord, when have I been an obstacle to your plan? And let me tell you what, I don't want to count how many times because we'd be here a long time. <laughs> so, boy, but I'll, I'll just share with you a story where I wasn't an obstacle and where God did use me. And it happened over, well, a couple of years ago. But a person that worked with me, I— I have a big heart. I don't want to hurt anybody. So as a Christian, I shouldn't let anybody go being a leader because I'm going to hurt them. But you see, just like Peter said, you know, God forbid, Lord, no such things will happen to you. When you're put in a position where you have to part ways with with somebody as a leader, when you have to let them know that, it is painful for you. It is painful for them. But you know what? Many times that's God's work, that it's allowed to happen so that that person can learn and you can learn. And, you know, it just happened for me this time a few years ago when this happened. Oh, it was painful. I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't ever want to part ways. But it happened and it came. Well, I just had a heavenly kiss because that person came back to me a few years later and thanked me and apologized for their blindness, for their arrogance, for their pride. It was absolutely precious. He said, God has forgiven me but I'm asking you now to forgive me. Tears welled up in his eyes. I gave him this biggest hug. Tears were in my eyes and his eyes. I said, brother, you're forgiven. I said, you know, God takes us through these journeys. You know, they're painful for both of us, but they're meant for our edification and our growth. And this man was so humble and so precious. It was a beautiful restoration of two friends, of two brothers. But you know what? It came through me, me, me stepping down and being an obstacle of the work God wanted to do in him and in me. So too many times, 
We do. We become that obstacle in in the way of what God wants to do in us and in them. I, th- I think, uh, David, we become the obstacle when we miss. Uh, there's lots of dichotomies in following Christ. How do you save your life? Well, you lose it. You know, how do you receive? Well, you receive by giving first. You know, how do you find joy? Well, there's joy that can be found through suffering. Um, you want to be first? Make yourself last. You want to be blessed? Bless others first. I mean, who? Th- it's it's so counterintuitive, and yet that's the beauty of of of, of living the gospel. Um, you know, in my own life, when should I pray the most? When I don't want to pray. You know, that's when I probably need it the most. When should I go to confession deliberately? When I say, oh, I don't need to. I'm good. <laughs> right? It, that, that, it's, and that's the, the dichotomy. When we're feeling the most, whatever it is, charged up, full, noble, righteous, uh, et cetera, is when we, sh- we should take the extra time, you know, on our knees. And that's the dichotomy of following Christ. And only an all-powerful God can, can craft a, a plan like that, which is amazing. And David— it- Thinking about your story, I was just brought back to something that happened this past weekend. And Tom, uh, to your challenge about, you know, two out of three ain't bad, that whole deny yourself is so, it is, it's hard. And in your story and in what happened to me this weekend, I think is the same thing that I think you and I were both uh, having a hesitancy to deny ourselves from uh, the admiration of others and, and the approval of others. Like, letting someone go, oh, what's, that, what's he going to think of me? Mm-hmm. So this weekend I was with my nieces and my nephew and they were talking about the show that they were watching and it's not a good show. One of these series and, you know, it's about a guy who wants to, you know, sleep with as many women as possible. And so it just didn't sound right. And I went to the bathroom, looked it up and, you know, I was like, wow, this is bad. But I was silent. Like I didn't say, yo guys, you know, this is what this is about. Like, you know, help me understand. I didn't say anything, you know, out of fear for disrupting the, the family conversation or, you know, whatever. And, and this whole deny, I, I, I wasn't willing to deny myself the admiration in that moment that my nieces and my nephew have for me because that truth with love probably would have caused a little, a little, a little oh, hiccup. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's not just denying ourselves of money or denying ourselves of food. It's, it's some of those, those softer things of, of denial. Yeah, it's not. It's the things that you hold back. If you, you know, you wish to save your life, like I don't want to put myself out there. You really need to go go out and do something. And one of the things that's becoming more evident to me, the more time I spend in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the more frequently I go to confession, is that it's not the stuff that I do anymore. It's the stuff that I don't do. It's the opportunities that I miss. It's the hard heartedness. It's the insensitivity. It's the missed opportunities to to help at least put myself out there and say, that's probably not a good thing. It's the time I don't spend reflecting in front of the Blessed Sacrament about how to deliver something like that so it's effective, not so that it ticks people off. I only know how to get upset about it and and present it to people, and then they get upset. You know, like, that's not good for you. You shouldn't. There's a better way to do that. Yeah. There's a better way to present that, but it comes through prayer. It comes through mm-hmm. reflection. And how I know that? Because St. Dominic converted 20,000 people, um, Albigensians, who who used to kill preachers that came from the Catholic Church, and he went into a town and took the, basically took the whole town over in a matter of a few months. What was he doing differently from everybody else that came in and got their head taken off, you know? How did he learn how to do that? That's that's what that's the insight that we have. To, it's something about putting myself out there. It's something about being so much for the other person that when you say that thing, when you call attention to that, you're not so much um, 
inflicting something on them as saying, look, I'm putting myself out here for you. Mm. I care about you. I mean, you know, how do you do that? I don't is, know. Is that, was that part of Dominic's deal? He just really yeah. entered into I, a relationship with the people. And I don't know. Formed. You know, the, that's been one of the things in the Dominican order that, that comes up all the time. It's like, what did he do? What did he say? It's not, never been written down. And he was such a humble man. He wouldn't, he just, you had to go out and watch him. You had to go out and listen to him and see the impact in order to learn. And, you know, unfortunately I didn't have that opportunity, but you're old. But I really think I really think yeah. Tom, when you talk about Saint Dominic and what happened, I really think you need to look at not what he did; it's his. The people experienced right, right. the presence of God within that, him, and right. that's it. Exactly. That's the answer. Exactly. The Mother Teresas of the world, the Saint John Paul II of the world, people that are that close in communion with the Lord, they 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 spiritually are sensed by the other people, and they become attractive, and people want to be with them. So in my journey of life, I mean, I look at this, you are an obstacle to me. God wants to use me as an instrument in the salvation of souls, mm-hmm. 5,000, 10,000, 100, 200, whatever it is, but I don't want to be an obstacle. So what does that mean? I got to stay in constant communion, common union with the heart of the Father in prayer. I need to not give a re- response immediately, but say, you know what? Let me take that to prayer. You know what? Let me take that to prayer. You know what? Let me take that to prayer. And then seriously take it to prayer and listen for the Father's answer. You know, I left a, I left a luncheon meeting and I told the man, you know, let me take that to prayer. He'd asked me to borrow money, save his business, save his house, was going to be lost, everything, blah, 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 blah. I took it to prayer. You know, and the answer was tough love. And said, I said, here's what I can offer you, not financial, but this and this from a spiritual aspect, but not financial. The man got mad at me, and then he sent the scripture verse back on me about Matthew, don't refuse not of one who asked for, you know, give him the money. He said, see, you're a Christian, you're supposed to give me the money. Well, then, of course, the Lord, I just took it to the Lord. The Lord gave me another scripture verse to give back in return, you know, that it said, well, you know, here, here's also what the Lord says. So then again, this went on. Well, it comes to be about a year and a half later, just saw the man last month. He stopped, saw me, turned, came over to me, teary eyes, he got, he got, he said, I want to thank you for not being that quick fix, that quick answer. The Lord has taken me through a journey of learning how to trust him and depend on him and not to go to a person like you who had the ability to give me a quick fix. He said, so I want to thank you, David, for your no. And I'll tell you what, for me, that's hard for me to do. Because for me, the quick answer, well, yeah, I can help you out. I'll give you a check here. But that's not that again. That's not you're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. So that constant communion with God. What do you want me to do, Father? Mm-hmm. How do you want me to respond to this situation? How do you want to use me right. as an instrument in the salvation of soul, right. not a slot machine or a, or a mm-hmm. vending machine to get a get a free pass? And that and that's the thing that um, when you take that. What you did, which is think about what oh. the father would do. That's the point, you know, what you said, but triggered my thinking, Rob, where you said, well, you didn't say anything. It's not that we that we didn't say anything so much as we didn't reflect on and come up with the right thing to do the next time and then and then put ourselves out there and do it and say, how can I be Christ-like in my informing them that this is not a good thing for them? Yeah. How can I come across that way? And if, and if it does create, uh, you know— um, some negative feelings up front, 
then maybe a year, two years, five years, 10 years down the road, they come along and say, I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. now I, because then I was aware and I didn't appreciate it back then. And I really kept watching, you know, but it's stuck in my, you know, something like that. It's not so much that we didn't do the thing. That's what's been haunting me. It's like, I missed the opportunity to do something better. I did. I missed the opportunity to impact them in a way that maybe it didn't come across exactly the, the way they wanted to. And but Tom, there's a way in there. There's a way in there. You said something uh, in, in response to that story. You said, I know how to, I know how to worry about it. You said, you said something to that effect. I, yeah. I know how to worry about it. I just don't know how to take, how to it, do- take it to God. Or, you know, right. I forget yeah. exactly the words you used. And in that moment, I should have prayed. Like as the conversation yeah. was going about how great this show is, right. I should have just, just started praying right then and there. Uh, and I'm thinking of St. Padre Pio. Pray, don't worry. Right? Just pray. Yeah, yeah. Right? So in those moments when conversations are going south, when you know the evil one is being glorified, because yeah. it's, it's all these. A lot of these shows are just you know just purveying the the darkness. Um, pray, right? That, just yeah. pray. And a lot of times, I think the difference between us and the saints is that they've figured out how to like what you're saying, David, is how to bring the answer to, to the, I always get the answer afterwards. Like I know what to do after it's over, but it's too late there. <laughs> but they somehow or another have reflected and thought about, well, the next time this happens, I want to do this. I want to be you, Christ. I want to be, and then they'll also remember to pray and pray and not worry. But they remember those things in the moment and we forget them. And that's why, that's why Monday, we're still Monday, on morning, Monday morning evangelists, right? Learn from it. And you learn yeah. from it because yeah. the alternative is if you come out guns blazing, having not been reflective, you could actually make it the situation worse. That's so right. you've, you've you, grown from it, you've reflected yeah. on it, now you know next time, you know, yeah. that's it. And absolutely. we know that up front, which is why we don't dive in there, yeah. but then you don't do the hard work of saying, what is what is yeah. it that you wanted me to do? And the prayer, yeah. the thing. Right. Yeah. And it's the time in front of our Lord. Dave, you, you mentioned Mother Teresa and John Paul too. But they were in front of the Lord in the oh, Eucharist yeah. constantly, yes. right? So uh, that's it. And, we, and John the Baptist, I must decrease, he must increase. So if we deny ourselves of wanting to be out front and we decrease you know, in terms of doing all the stuff and, and be in front of our Lord more and let him fill us you know, by receiving him, by adoring him. So then when we go out, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing his love and, uh, and he just works through us. And I love at the beginning, it says, Jesus began to show his disciples as the Lord starts to unveil something in our lives. Immediately, as human beings, as it says in the, in the bottom sentence, we try and figure it out. We try and understand it. I know what God's doing. He's going here. He's going there. And then we implement our plan because we got God all figured out. Stop. 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 Don't try and do that. I, I, that was a learning lesson God put me through. Stop. Drop. Pray. Reflect. Stay in the present moment. Stay in this present day. Walk it out with God because if you think you can figure it out— I guarantee you the enemy has it all figured out, but that's not God because we don't have the mind of God. So for me, that's surrender, trust in God, and then walk it out. And and be walk it out childlike with awe and wonder. Because when we take it to the head, because again, Jesus is 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 going to be for the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, all these top people who knew the scriptures. You know what? I want to know the Lord intimately as my father, as my brother, as my bridegroom, and that's it. Give my life to him. Use me for your purpose. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Mm-hmm.